Welcome everybody back to, with War Room, the hockey podcast. We are here this week with a new episode, episode 99 this week. Um, we'll celebrate um, real quickly, reaching 100 for us. Reaching 100 is great. We look forward to it. Uh, due to circumstances, uh, the 100th episode will um, be a little smaller scale celebration with uh, the two of us and potentially our favorite goaltender. Yep. Um, yep, yep. And we'll, so. we'll make it a, a lighter episode, have some fun, share some stories, all that stuff. Um, so we look forward to that. This yeah. week, uh, one, This week, uh, those who listened to last week's episode um, know that we are reserving space this week for part two of a very important discussion. Um, because of that, we'll, we'll kind of forego any other, any other topics, any other headlines or mentions, and we'll, we'll reserve the space for, for what this week should be, uh, which is a thoughtful discussion on some proper solutions to all that's going on, not only in, in the league, but in Chicago currently. Um, yep. So we'll, we'll do that. Uh, this week, we've, we really wanted to throw out some solutions rather than just the issues. Yep. I know that's important. Uh, so settle in for those solutions. But before we do, before we do, make sure you head to uh, the necessary social media platforms, Warm the Hockey Podcast on Facebook and at Warm the Hockey Podcast on Instagram. Make sure you engage with us, share stories, comments, questions, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio for the audio platforms. War Room, the Hockey Podcast there. YouTube for a video platform when we when we do and are able to put out vi- uh, video versions. YouTube there, War Room, the Hockey Podcast. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. On all platforms, make sure you rate and review. Help the show continue to grow. Share with everyone you, you think of, everyone you know around you. And we hope you continue to enjoy War Room, the Hockey Podcast. Episode 99 this week, part two of Chicago. And all that that entails currently um it's a heavy discussion uh but one that needs to be had last week we to recap we kind of filled everybody in on all that has been going on uh, this week we uh want to throw out some solutions um meaningful solutions that we feel would would be successful so we'll, yep. we'll kick it i'll kick it to you to start and uh we'll, we'll start throwing out uh throwing out solutions and discussing them on, on where we think it should be, where we hope it does go, and all that in between. Well, yeah, I wish this was more fun for right now because that's kind of what we do and what our game's all about. <clears throat> but I gotta, I gotta give a salute to uh, to our good friend uh, and and brother Doug, and uh, it was ten years ago that we lost your best pal. Yep. And uh, can't let this go by without without recognition because of the occasion, because of the whole issue uh, around mental health. And mental health is big. In regards to this, I always struggle. Ten, ten years, wow. Yeah. Okay, ten years. Ten years without Cody. Okay. Yeah. Um, for ten years I've struggled with this. Is it the 10th or the 11th? officially the 11th because um i know that for a while i i'm whenever i made a post about it or talked about it, it was the 10th but then it's been the 11th i know it was the 10th or the 11th and um i know i know you called me on the morning of the 11th and told me that he had officially passed away yeah so based on that it's the 11th but little gray area in there it's a little gray area basically the 10th and the 11th yeah. it was a r- rough time for his family yeah 
and for for us close to him during those few days and the 10th and 11th were the big ones of those few days for obvious reasons so um, don't need to necessarily be specific the 10th and the 11th i think it encompasses all of it so um so you're you're not really well i'll just say this i'll say this speaking of my best friend i'll say this speaking of my best friend's family I know for a fact you're not offending them or anyone if you talk about it as if it were the 10th or you talk about it as if it were the 11th. You're not offending them. You're not crossing a line. You're not speaking out of turn or or wrong on any facts. So based on that 10th and the 11th, we'll just we'll, we'll continue it was a, with that. A very dim three or four day period there. It was. Yeah, so. it, it was a dim. Anyway. It was a dim. And we're speaking of mental health. Let me just say this, too. And I um, I've learned with mental health before we really, really jump into Chicago, I've learned of mental health that just because things happen to other people, Cody passes away. That's his, his family's brother. That's his family's son. All that stuff doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that it lessens what you are going through. No. So my grief over losing Cody is not minimized, nor should it be just because he's not my son or my brother. Um, he was my brother, but it's neither here nor there at this point. Yes. Um, so because of that, it's important to create, to create space for what you need to go through without worrying about being selfish. Um, it was a, that was, and having said that, that was a grim three or four day period for a very grim year for myself. <laughs> yeah. If you remember that year, I do indeed. Um, everything that happened earlier in the, I'd rather in, not, but I do. Everything that happened earlier in that year, um, personally, in a personal relationship of mine, um, everything that happened after that in regards to school and whatever else, um, and the, everything that happened in between these two these two moments, were for me were not catastrophic. So when I talk about school or talk about this and that, it's not like it was catastrophic. Like I went off the deep end, but these were two pivotal moments for me in the year of 2011 that really kind of shit and not really kind of, it really did shape my future. Um, those are the two moments that of that year that ultimately made my decision to transfer from Northern Colorado back down to, um, Metropolitan State University in Denver. Uh, to be closer to family, to be closer to friends. And as a result, um, the snowball effect of four years at Metro because credit's not transferring and things like that. So is it like a whole new start in that way um, to the jobs and the things I've had as a result to, you know, all these things, everything was shaped by these two pivotal moments. Um, The the, um, heartbreak and things that I faced in a personal relationship and my best friend passing away. Yep. So two pivotal moments that really defined the year 2011 for myself. And and beyond. And, and those, beyond. And you made a lot of adjustments. You and made to. a lot of adjustments. So and beyond. But what I mean is for the year 2011 that made 2011 a fairly grim year for myself. And you can vouch for that as my father. Yep. Um, so again, I say that not to make everything about me, but I say it because it's important to not minimize what you went through just because somebody else went, no. went through something or is having a hard time. No, 2011 was a tough year for myself. It was a tough year for 
Co- for Cody, it was a tough year for Cody's family. It was a tough year for my brother. It was a tough year for everybody for their own reasons. Um, it was a tough year for people that I may not even know for their for what they went through. And 2011 was six to eight months or a year removed from what Kyle Beach went through. Yes, you know to transition here into into Chicago and and what's going on there and the solutions and everything. It. Would, just because you go through a hard time doesn't mean somebody else isn't or somebody else shouldn't be. Um, no. So having said that, transition, mental health is important. Um, it's important to be discussed. It's important to share. Uh, there's too much stigma around, especially for men, around mental health and your feelings and um, being perceived as weak or less of a man because you feel how you feel. Um, and I've come to grips with that through therapy and through whatever else myself to just feel how I feel. And if I'm down or depressed or sad, be down, depressed, and sad. It's important to feel how you feel. And, but, you know, talk to the people around you. I talk to my wife all the time about, about things I'm thinking or feeling, and it's lethargic and it's a great, um, outlet right it's a great healthy outlet to communicate um it's a good lesson to be a good listener too for all oh. for for all those of us like we always said before uh over the years on this on this podcast don't if you're if you're in need reach out to somebody yep. if you happen to be blessed enough not to be in need of support and mental health uh, i don't know uh, be somebody that somebody can reach out to yeah them. be somebody that's available be somebody that's there to listen you, you everybody should be able to, to have be, the solutions you need to just have a set of ears and be everybody should be able to be involved in the mental health stuff in some capacity yep um too many times we don't listen we jump to okay you said something and now i'm jumping to what i think you need to do to not feel that way or to do, or to do this differently rather than sitting in the space and listening and understanding that what somebody might need isn't necessarily a fix, but somebody to vent to somebody who, who's supportive of them. Somebody who once they're done sharing will give up and give them a hug yeah. and not, you know, and a pat on the back and, you know, take them out for a burger afterwards or something and not feel like they're being talked at with all these different solutions. Because uh, I, because from experience from people around me at school and whatever else, that can make you feel like, like shit. It can make you feel like you're not understanding, you're not getting it, you're not, you don't care because all you're doing is, oh, you feel sad. Well, go to the gym, do this. Oh, you you feel this way. Well, then do that, change this. And so a lot of times, people in that situation. I speak from experience. A lot of times they, they know that they know these solutions. What they need is somebody to listen, somebody to talk to. So be, be a listener, be an, be an ear. If, if you are blessed enough to not be, have to deal with any of this. The, let's start at the beginning of this. So we want to, we want to provide some direction on, on how, how to solve these problems. And I, I was just getting ready to say when you were, when you were describing all that and being a listener, how important that is. And for those of us listening to not try to be fixers, but in a case like this, where we have got a situation that needs to be fixed, Kyle Beach doesn't need to be fixed. The situation needs to be fixed. Correct. Correct. So when somebody's struggling with their mental health or with their, with their attitude, with their, um, with their, 
depression, whatever it is they're going through, it's not, they don't need to be fixed. Try not to listen to them in, in that regard, but this situation needs to be fixed. So there's a couple ways to handle this. Certainly there's before the fact and there's after the fact. Before the fact is a little bit more ambiguous. That's a little bit harder to get your, your uh, it's not as tangible, so it's harder to get a, a black and white grip on. So what what the league, and, and let's, let's relate it directly to hockey, what the league, whether it's the National Hockey League or the Western League or wherever you are, what those leagues need to be able to do is have resources to support ahead of time. Educate people, educate your staff. There's some common sense things that you can do to keep yourself out of trouble as both a victim and as a potential assailant or, or an accused assailant. And educate people on the common sense four or five different things that you can do to keep yourself out of a jam. After the fact, once it's basically too late, there has to be a mechanism in place to fix it and fix it sternly and, and quickly. And there has to be a mechanism to vet those issues so that as we finished up on the last episode, you don't have a bunch of people crying wolf who were just simply, uh, the guy didn't call me back, so I'm going to cry rape. The team cut me, so I'm going to cry assault or racism or whatever else. They, they won't put me on the first power play unit, so I'm going to jam somebody up. You have to be very careful of that, but there are legitimate issues out there. So there's before the fact and after the fact. There is, uh, let's just take the National Hockey League because we all know it better. Everybody, everybody out there knows it better. It gets so much more publicity. The, in 1991, I was at Badger Bob Johnson's funeral. And um, <clears throat> Pittsburgh Penguin coach and, and uh, great USA hockey guy. I was at his funeral. I was talking to Phil Esposito. There was no NHL alumni association then. And by the dozens, I mean, literally by the dozens, guys were falling to drugs, alcohol, divorces, bankruptcy. These are guys that played in the 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s. They weren't making a lot of money. There were a lot of personal problems that came as soon, either during or immediately after hanging up your skates. This, the advent of the Alumni Association helped with that. And this is the direction that the PA and the league need to go now is to get together and make sure that there are resources available for people like Kyle Beach, certainly. But before the fact, somebody like Kerry Price, somebody like Wade Belak, Derek Bugard, Rick Rippon, um, anybody else, countless other people, Theo Fleury. Um, guys who have struggled with alcohol and, and drugs and various forms of personal issues, there's got to be places for them to turn. Look at look at an asset, and, and I, I struggle to call him an asset because he's a human being, but we picked on him a lot on this show. Look at Evander Kane. Great hockey player, stud of a young guy, top 10 draft pick. Look how many problems he's invented for himself. Some, some mentoring, some counseling along the way, it might come in the form of an ass-kicking. It might come in the form of just some leadership and some guidance. 
financial guidance, marital guidance, anything. I mean, this guy's a he's a catastrophe now, and he's played himself. He's he's managed himself out of a hundred million dollar career. Guy like that, Pat Kane. While we're on the subject of Kane, um, we talked years ago after his off ice troubles and his summertime troubles with a, a young lady that was accusatory. And if the, the 20 cent episode in the cab, uh, we talked about how he, this is a, a supremely talented kid. He may play himself out of the league in the next few months. He got his act together. I don't know how. I don't know if it was Taves or Seabrook or who it was that got alongside of him or Quenville, but somebody, somebody got him, got him righted and now look at him. There is. So what I'm saying is there's, there's various forms of issues that guys can develop and they, but, and they need to be able to turn ahead of time. They need to be able to recognize that teammates, coaching staffs, uh, agents, player agents, make a lot of money off these guys. They need to have resources available ahead of time so that guys can get guidance and help keep themselves out of mental health trouble. Chicago has, at this point, let's just say say the obvious. We said it last week, but let's say it again. Chicago has a top-to-bottom, rotting-from-the-head leadership problem. Sure looks like it. From ownership to management to coaching to on-ice leadership. Credit where credit's due if Taves had anything to do with turning Vander, or Vander, Patrick Kane around. Right. Credit where credit's due if Quenville had anything to do with it. Got to give credit where credit's due nonetheless. That Certainly. being said, it's becoming very, very clear that off the ice there are some leadership weaknesses that a Jonathan Taves is quite lacking. Um, That a Joel Quenville, God love him from what we know about him, is lacking. Um, Because, and, and it's strictly for no other reason other than when push came to shove and the dominoes fell, the public declaration of support that Jonathan Taves needed to give was to Kyle Beach. Plain and simple. If you say nothing else, if you if you plead the fifth and you just say, I'm saying one thing and then this news conference is over, it needed to be to Kyle Beach. Right. Instead, he said no word of Kyle Beach and he bowed down to the feet of Stan Bowman. That does not look good. Um, so that's point one. Okay. Now, because we've, we've spoken last week of the issues, let's speak of some solutions. A rumor mill, a rumor mill solution that is being thrown out there now is the potential of a player run players association. Let's touch on that real quick. Player-run Players Association, if that gains legs, gains steam, do we like it? Is it a is it a solution for a problem like this? Is it one of a sol- solutions for a problem like this? Is a player-run Players Association a good thing? It absolutely is. It needs to run in concert with um, independent review, 
but a player run PA is the way to go where similar to the commissioner's office, I know Donald Fear has worked for the players, but there are probably a lot of players who feel like that's the other way around, that they work for the PA. The PA tells them what to do. I remember when Chris Chelios signed a contract, took a hometown deal to stay in Chicago. The PA came out and blasted him for ruining the pay curve because he took under value because he wanted to stay in his hometown. There are a lot of guys who feel like they work for the PA and that they they only get to do whatever Donald Fear and his staff tell them to do. That's not the way it should be. The, do- the tail should not wag the dog. The players need to elect their own representatives, which they do, and those representatives need to make sure that the PA lawyers, accountants, and, and everybody that negotiates CBAs and, and handles player-related issues of all kinds, they need to work directly for that player council. I also, I also believe that players need to be extremely careful when they pick a player representative. There are good ones out there. There are hands-on guys, guys that you never see their, their guys get into trouble, guys who really spend a lot of time financially mentoring, uh, marital counseling, how to do a decent interview, how to live your life off the ice, how to stay out of social media trouble, how to stay out of trouble when you're in a bar late at night or something. There's a lot of player agents that really, really put a lot of effort into protecting their guys. There are some who don't. So young players, up and coming young players, be extremely careful that you don't get stuck with somebody long term just signing a deal because they made you a promise. So player agents, one thing, player run PA is another very, very good deal. The, the league, and you and I talked about this off camera, the league has, is one of those organizations that is more than big enough to have its own, let's call it an HR department, right? And they should, and that should run in conjunction with the PA and the league itself so that everybody is represented and everybody keeps their skirt clean. It should not be investigated by the team. It shouldn't be investigated by the league. It shouldn't be investigated by the PA. There should be whether, an independent HR team. Whether it's part of the HR team or not, I think uh, for the sake of solutions, I'll, I'll separate it. You, have, you, you get your own HR department. Right. And whether it's brought in and work in works in conjunction with the HR department or not a big thing that the league needs that I say the league just blanket statement is because we we agree that the investigatory process is jacked yeah um, because what we're seeing and we see it now you and you obviously obviously use this as the example something like this comes out and everyone from the organization to the league to everybody in between brushes it under the rug. There's no looking at it. There's no investigatory process. There's there's nothing. Anybody who does looks at, look at it comes out publicly and smashes Kyle Beach because oh he's either making it up or oh you know he you know whatever. What you need, along with an HR department, is you need an outside third party um, contractor type who doesn't work for you. That's a key thing. They cannot be employed by the league in any capacity. They have to be 
they have to be their own boss type of thing where, you know, I'll come in and I'll sign this contract to be your investigatory firm, but you don't tell us what to do. Right. Once that contract is signed, once we, and everything, and we're here, we do things our way. We, we, I answer to my boss who does not answer to yours right. type of thing. It's got to stand on its own. It, your own investigatory process 100%. where, where something like this comes up and if the league wants to handle it, how they handle it, fine. But 2010 rolls around and you're in the third round of the playoffs and Kyle Beach comes out and says, says, and I'm not even going to give his name breath, no. says, we know who assaulted me. The league and the team can do whatever the hell they want. But this outside party, Kyle Beach now approaches them and says, so this happened. I went to the my team. I went to the league. They're not doing anything about it. This is what happened. And now, whether the league or the team likes it, likes the PR optics of it in the middle of the playoffs, I don't care. That They come in, and now it's full-on investigation, ripping apart locker room stalls and doing this and that type of stuff. Yep. And we're, we're, we're getting to the bottom of this, and that's what they need. Had something like that been in place or the league done it themselves to begin with, you save a lot of issues here. Oh, my gosh. Not the least of which, I argue, and I like to think I argue pretty credibly, that a guy like Kyle Beach, who is the most important person in this process, Correct. doesn't feel like he's been ignored or undermined or or assaulted all over again yep. based on things. Absolutely and right. Because he is your he's your asset. He's your teammate. He's your friend. He's your brother. He's your husband. He's your your uncle, he's your god, he's your child's godfather, he's all these things, and he is the most important person in this process. Not Batman and his and lining his pockets, not not the Blackhawks competing for a Stanley Cup. It's Kyle Beach. He is also your charge. So yes, you have a league to run, you have a team to run, you have a cup <clears throat> to win. Excuse me. You have a fan base. You want to be a good soldier, and I'll give Jonathan Taves only this much credit. He wanted to be a good soldier. And, and 11 years ago, being a good team guy, a good, uh, you know, remembering who signs your paycheck, you don't, you don't want to blurt right out that, boy, we got a, we got a major issue that, that's going on in here that's being covered up. So I get that culture has changed, um, but you, you've got to when these things happen, you got to remember that no matter what your position, whether you're a trainer or you're the commissioner or you're a stick boy or a teammate, whatever you are, that kid is your responsibility. You're responsible to look after him as your friend, as your teammate, as your player. You're responsible to look after his well-being, whether it's mental health, whether it's addiction, whether it's gambling or marital trouble whether it's a sexual assault problem you got to look after him he the, he could be he could be the assailant next time he, he might be the victim this time he could be the, the assailant the next time around you've got to look after this guy so yes they all have jobs to do it might be winning face-offs it might be negotiating deals but everybody's got to remember that the guy next to you 
the guy, the assistant coach up the ladder from you or the player in the minor leagues or in the press box down the, down the depth chart from you, he is your responsibility. And if you're all in this together, then everything will come out right. Guess, and, and think about it this way. The 2010 Chicago Blackhawks, they won their Stanley Cup. What do you suppose they're going to be remembered for? When somebody says 2010 Blackhawks, what are they going to say? So go out and win the cup and push everything else aside, which is what every kid dreams of. It's what we all talk about since we're three years old. It's what we still dream of and we still stay up late at night trying to figure out how to do. But at the end of it all, that's not what's going to be remembered here. It's how you stood behind your teammate and your player and your and your charge. That's what... So. If, if something trumps the Stanley Cup in our game, it's that. Yep. It's how you look after each other. Yep. I'll throw it to you. Any solutions you want to throw out that we haven't discussed on? We've um, a separate um, standalone contract style investigatory process or firm or whatever, or group or whatever. Your own HR department, um, player run players association. Anything else, any other solution cause, uh, that we need to touch on before we close out this week? Any anything, anything of importance that we either haven't discussed so we're not circling um, or changing the subject? Uh, it's important to not change the subject this yeah, week especially. Absolutely. Um, so any, any final or any more solutions that we can think of to throw out there? The depth of it would go like this. Do a better job up front when this kid's playing junior hockey or when he's playing collegiate hockey, do a better job up front, making sure he is educated, make sure everybody on your staff is educated. I'll give you an example. You want to know what I mean by that? When I was coaching at any level, whether it was mites or high school, I never ever once ever went into a dressing room when there wasn't another adult or a couple of other players available. I never was in there ever with anybody one-on-one for no reason. So that takes you out of harm's way. And that's what I mean by educating. Don't get caught like that. If you're, if you're in the trainer's room, just make sure there's somebody around. Even if it's a camera, make sure there's some form of security there, but staying ahead of the problem up front keep everybody educated, keep everybody's background checks, just like you would at any other point in, in Hockey Canada or USA Hockey. Make sure everybody's skirt is clean. Then if there ever is a problem, now you've got player-led PA resources that work hand-in-hand with the league resources and hand this off to what would look like similar to an arbitrator. When you go to salary arbitration, it's somebody with no skin in the game. It's an accountant somewhere. And it's going to be a different one every time. Hand it off to them. And the next step, should that, should that independent third party that you were talked about a few minutes ago not have access to the video footage, to the statements, to the players, to the affidavits, the polygraph tests, whatever it is that they need to get to the bottom of it, should they not get that, then law enforcement is the next step. Law enforcement, yeah. Yeah, well, so, I agree. That's the next step. And then if they're, if anybody's uncooperative, then Chicago yeah. in 2010 is SOL in the playoffs because guess what? Not only this outside investigatory firm group, whatever, 
plus law enforcement is now going to come in and they now have based on the contract signed when you when you brought when you signed this investigatory firm to to be a part of this they now have the authority to put the kibosh on the playoffs basically right so if it's that important to you fine but guess what we're taking that out of your hands then now you cooperate and you can continue to play and compete for the cup. Don't cooperate. We're putting the kibosh on it. And if we have to, if we really, really have to, if it takes that long for you to finally cooperate with us, then who'd they play in the third round in 2010? Chicago and L.A.? Or I don't even I can't remember. remember. Uh, Vancouver. I was it Vancouver? We'll say Vancouver for the sake of my point. If it takes that long for you to cooperate, basically the length of travel days. Right. Then guess what? Vancouver wins by default. They go to the Stanley Cup final, and you're SOL because you chose to to play the hardball here. Yeah. So cooperate with us. Give us the information we want. We do our own investigation. You keep playing, and we handle it. Right. We handle it, and we're not going to sweep anything under the rug. We're going to get to the bottom of it, even if it means after the season, Taves and Kane and all these people are are have mud slung at them, and right. so be it. But we're handling it. You can compete for the cup, but if you do not cooperate while we handle it, you're done. Your season's over. They win by forfeit, default, whatever word you want to use, and you've screwed yourself out of the all glorious Stanley Cup that we all love, that we all chase and love and dream of having. So, if it's that important to you, give us the paperwork and the information that, and the witness statements and all these things that we want and need. Otherwise, sorry. I agree with that. That's what needs to happen. It's what should have happened. And unfortunately, it won't. The problem is, is as important as the Stanley Cup is, what's more important is what you're remembered for in the process of right. it. And now you've got your Stanley Cup. But now a pivotal, and see, I, I hate to use the word pivotal with, with a, a guy like this. But at the time, anyway, a pivotal member of your organization for that Stanley Cup has now has it had his name etched off the Stanley Cup. Correct. And now five years, ten years, two months, whatever later, all anybody can talk about in regards to the 2010 Stanley Cup champion Chicago Blackhawks is this issue. So, I, I, I have longevity, to say this. people, longevity. There, are, there is some, there is some slippery slope to this sort of a situation. And unfortunately, whether it's somebody who figures out how to game the welfare system or how to game racial injustice or whether it's how to game any other portion or how to cheat in the face-off circle, there are going to be, unfortunately, there's going to be somebody that will take advantage of this. You have to be very careful, and I... I really hesitate to say this, but there are no good pricks out there that will do this kind of stuff. And as I said last week, two most awful things in the world are somebody who would take advantage of someone else of lesser power and somebody someone who lie would about accuse it. somebody. Falsely accuse somebody falsely of doing accused. it. So yeah. be careful that you don't have someone shutting a Stanley Cup run down or a playoff run or a scoring title run or anything else or any other kind of a career for the sake of sour grapes. Oh, 100%. And there has to be a way to keep it out of social media somehow. There's got to be a way to have checks and balances on that thing so that 
for instance, those Chicago Blackhawks in 2010 didn't get shut down in the third round for not being cooperative in an investigation that, let's just say it was completely empty and baseless. Which it wasn't, and we're not saying that. It's not at all. No, 100% not. But had it been, had it been somebody who was just trying to find a payday uh, and, and extort money from a player for you know, some kind of sexual misconduct or some nonsense, had that been the issue, then all of a sudden you've got a team that's in jeopardy and a perfectly good bus full of people with 100% clear uh, clear motives that are now shut down yeah. because, of, well, because of a situation being taken advantage of. It's a slippery it's slope. to be very, very It's careful. a slippery slope that was started, and I can't, and I'm not going to even try or pretend to to know what year or what situation started it but it started however long ago um when it started however long ago with whatever situation male or female where somebody decided to lie about being assaulted Mm -hmm. or to not cooperate and you see it all the time portrayed whether it be documentaries or television or movies or or whatever you see it portrayed all the time about a woman who was actually assaulted but then refuses to cooperate to help them solve it yeah which in no way means what happened to you was okay but you can't expect law enforcement to be superheroes in regards to solving it no you they need information they need witness statements they need you to take the stand they need you to whatever and your refusal to do so sorry i i really do am sympathetic to you but i can't do anything else right or falsely accusing somebody because I grew up I grew up Christian. My parents grew up with with the Bible at me, and God forbid, Daddy knows that that I I just had sex with my boyfriend, and so he stumbles into the bedroom one morning to wake me up, and my boyfriend is is laying there sneaking out the window, and <laughs> and God forbid, my dad know that you know what I just okay I had sex with him, so. Rape. Yeah, it, it, exactly. thing, These things have started a slippery slope to where now, to to where now to game the system to get something of benefit. These things, people try and con the system and con the situation to where now, to where now, say Kyle Beach or any of the young ladies with USA Gymnastics or anybody like that comes forward and and says anything. Now, depending on who they're speaking to. Everybody is real hesitant. What's going on? Why are you saying this? There's no way. Depending on the organization that's been accused, oh, well, they would never do that. Are are you sure you're not wrong about the situation? And it starts this process, which then snowball effect uh, cycle makes them and future victims afraid to come forward. Correct. So you've you've got to be careful. And well, here's here's what I mean. Here's and I think this is exactly what you're saying. Kyle Beach has had his life generally ruined, and only by his own courage was he able to kind of come from the rubble. So had a handful of guys from the Duke lacrosse team many years ago, and you've seen that documentary. You've seen, documentary. Yeah. You've seen the, the all the all the various um, investigations done there, and you know that that ended up being false but there was a half dozen perfectly good young men who had their lives ruined. So it can happen on both sides. It didn't here. It did not happen the other way in Chicago, but it can, and you have to be careful with that. That's all I'm saying. And, and 
to say that I have an, a, an ironclad way to fix that, to make sure nobody ever games the yeah. system, I don't. Just be very careful. And the best way to do it is to always keep yourself as much as you possibly can out of the crosshairs well, of being in that in that place. A lot of times you see it too, and 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 it's not easy. It's not perfect. I'm sitting here talking in a microphone. And I'm not out actually solving these things. Um, so it's very simplistic and very broad in general. But one of the ways to to start fixing it is because you see it all the time. You and I love crime documentaries. You see it all the time in in those. How many times have law enforcement jumped to the to a conviction or jumped to an arrest because of outside pressure, outside pressure to get it solved? Exactly. And thank you. And one one of the steps in that regard is to completely ignore the outside pressure. Ignore as 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 insensitive as it sounds. Ignore the victim's family who comes at you going, "Why haven't you made an arrest yet?" Right. Ignore. Ignore members of the local church who want to come forward and say, oh, there's no way so-and-so could do this. Correct. Ignore the outside pressure and do your freaking job. Just do your job. Whether objectively. it takes you Objectively. Whether it takes you a week, whether it takes you 10 years, do the job and solve it. Yes. And then guess what? There's no, unfortunately, again, there's ways around it, that aspect too. But you do your job and now you don't have to worry about somebody being in prison for 20 years when they shouldn't be right or a young a young lacrosse player who's on the verge of being drafted first round in the in the NLL or anything like that to play professional lacrosse live out his dream the way we're talking about Stanley Cups and everything he now can't do that because even though he's even though he's found innocent his name is attached He'll to this whole thing same. Never be the same, and you avoid all that yep. by. And again, I get that it's simplistic of me to say, but you avoid all that by simply ignore the outside pressure. I know it's easier said than done, but ignore it. Keep your head down, do your job, solve it. They can chirp at you all they want. They can do whatever, but they're not the ones solving it. They right. came to you, so do your job. And a lot of these things can be avoided. Because so, now, because now you're not you're not dealing with the fear that you falsely imprisoned somebody because you did your job no matter how long it took and you know the evidence says exactly this happened or it didn't happen and you avoid all the unnecessary mess and chaos. How about this for a rule of thumb? Never hire an investigator who has a television show or a, or a Twitter account yep. or anything. Never hire anybody who has any form of contact with the media. Maybe even don't allow them to carry cell phones while they're doing their job. And never hire and somebody. Just, never hire somebody by themselves. Right. And and especially in today's world, today's world is big. And so if it means hiring a male investigator and then hiring a female to work with him, so you've Correct. got a male female perspective, yes. then do it. Do if it. it means hiring a a black man and a white man, right. To work in tandem to to balance things out, then so be it. Exactly. But you've got to find a way to create to create balance to create balance. Yep. So that there's no bias on either side. Exactly right. Exactly right. You plain and keep simple. Your, keep yourself out of harm's way regarding any any perception of bias. Forget whether there is or not. The perception of it is just as bad. It's not criminal easy. Criminal profilers. You and, you and I love criminal profilers. And yes. one of the things that they do is they, when they are brought in, they don't look at anything 
that lo- local law enforcement has gathered or created right. regarding regarding suspects. No. They'll look at evidence. They'll do this stuff, but the, they will come. They will draw their own profile and their own conclusions based on the evidence of who the suspect is. That way, they're not coming in going, "Ooh, so you think this guy's a suspect?" And this guy, they look this way. Hmm. And whether you realize it or not, you now have investigational or investigatory bias because, yes. "Ooh, I've got to either prove or disprove that this guy's the, the one who did it." Come into it and just investigate. Yep. Just take the evidence and follow it, do the and job. and do the job. And you can avoid a lot of this chaos. And and next thing you know, and again, it's overly simplistic. I can't say it enough, but you get my point. Next thing you know, victims aren't hesitant to come forward. Victims aren't hesitant to cooperate. And you're also not vilifying people who do so. Right. You're not vilifying the wrong people. You're not doing anything like that. And now it's, it's clear cut. And... It, you can say what you want about about certain professions in the world, but one of the one of the problems, but they're human beings too, and one of the problems is taking a, and we're going down a, a dark thing with this episode, but one of the problems is taking, say, a, a woman in prostitution, right, and completely throwing her to the curb basically because of what she does for for money rather than looking at it from the basis of yeah she does it for money and we can morally or whatever else agree or disagree about it but she's still a human being who has a right to say yes or no to to any tor- type right. of thing and so just because she does that doesn't mean she was or wasn't based on the situation assaulted or a victim yep. and so it it's it's a tr- slippery slope. It's treacherous, and there's ways to solve it. Not saying that what I've been carrying on about is the way to solve it, but you, you've got to find ways to, to be down the middle and unbiased. Yes. Be very objective and not really have opinions and just go at it from, okay, what does the evidence say? What does Correct. this situation say? And there you go. And you don't want to play what ifs with with these types of things, but. This is, but if you figure out a way to do this, you can avoid somebody else becoming Kyle Beach. Yep. You can avoid somebody else becoming Allie Raisman or Michaela Maroney of USA Gymnastics. You can avoid these t- somebody else being falsely accused, like the poor kids from Duke Lacrosse and things like that, by simply doing things in an objective, unbiased way. Yep. Exactly right. Simple, and it's again. It it starts in the beginning. It starts with whether you're whether if you've never been to a hockey game, never put on a pair of skates. It starts with not having a thirteen-year-old babysitter and a forty-year-old man alone together. Don't be either one of them. Yeah. It starts with employees, employers, um, road trips, meetings, after-hours stuff. It starts with all of the places that you can stay away from trouble by never, ever putting yourself there. And yes, well, I won't even go there, it, but but it starts there, and then it ends with independent, objective, outside, third-party investigation of this, managed to some degree, like an arbitrator, by the PA and the and the league, with no outside influence so that God forbid there is ever another Kyle Beach. 
or anything like that, at least if it ever does happen, he won't be abandoned for 10 years. He won't spend 10 years thinking that the entire world has just walked away from him. Teammates, coaches, family members, everybody just walked away and let him twist in the wind. At least if the poor guy knows or girl knows that somebody is doing their very best to bring justice to the situation, most of the noise dies down. No, agreed. Anyway. All right. Uh, pretty heavy episode this week and last week. Um, <laughs> it had to be. We, it, we're not in the hockey community. We're not doing our job if we don't at least touch on topics like this. So, Absolutely. Um, had to be said. Again, head to the necessary social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram, Warm the Hockey Podcast, at Warm the Hockey Podcast, respectfully. Like and follow us there. The audio platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and uh, YouTube for video, and subscribe there, share, rate, and review, Um, and yeah, enjoy. The season's underway, Um, episode 99 this week, Uh, in the next week or so, we'll have episode 100 recorded and ready to go. We will also uh, have some some late findings on the Movember procedure here. Yes, so a lot to happen. Looking forward to some... uh, more lighthearted things to talk about in the coming I weeks. I can't wait for 100. Um, should be good. Yeah, um, it's going to be good stuff. It'll be interesting to dis- get all three of us in a room and discuss based on where our teams currently are and how we view that. <laughs> how, how many times have we said so far about you and me, the Avalanche and the Leafs, and our favorite goaltender just scoffs and goes, yeah, well, at least they're not the Ducks. Yeah. So <laughs> Who's laughing so, now? <laughs> It'll be interesting to to have that discussion and, yeah. and see where we are at that point. Um, but nonetheless, hey, this was fun this week. Absolutely. I mean, it wasn't exactly fun, but it was necessary, and yep. it was uh, and, and very very good stuff. And thanks for having yep. me on. Absolutely, enjoy hockey, folks. Junior hockey's underway. The NHL, uh, NCAA, everything in the hockey world is back and moving, and it's exciting. Enjoy. Uh, we appreciate you, your support and continuing to tune in. I'm Evan Rauer with Warm Hockey Podcast. We'll see you all throughout the hockey community. Cheers. Cheers.